The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It's pretty simple. In order to do something, you must learn how to do it. Today, Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them to pray, just like John the Baptist taught his disciples. But from Jesus' answer, it's not entirely clear whether they asked for a method of prayer. If they did ask for a best practice when it comes to prayer, then they would miss all he has to offer them. Jesus does give them more than a how-to of prayer. Jesus' prayer gives them God. Now, what did John the Baptist teach his disciples regarding prayer? Since John lived in the desert, lived basically off of bugs and twigs, and not having much more, it certainly can't be about getting stuff. If prayer was the means to get stuff, even good stuff, then John would not be a very good teacher because he has nothing. Rather than stuff, John taught his disciples when they pray, God is with them. Prayer didn't deliver stuff as much as it delivers God and his ways. We see this in verse 13 of today's gospel reading, the very last verse. Jesus says, How much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The little parable about a father giving his children fish or eggs shows that any normal father wants to give his children good gifts. And all good gifts draw people together. But in verse 13, Jesus says prayer delivers the greatest gift. The greatest gift is not a thing, though. It's a person, 
And this gift far surpasses all other gifts even put together. This gift, the greatest gift, is the one that truly satisfies by drawing together man and God. When the disciples pray as Jesus taught, they receive the Holy Spirit. Regardless of the reasons why the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, Jesus tells them when they pray, they will receive the one eternal good gift. In the presence of God, in the Holy Spirit, in that gift, all of our desires and all of our needs will be satisfied in whatever circumstance life may bring us. The Holy Spirit will sustain us through any suffering in this life, and it will well up into fountains of joy in every blessing in this life. John the Baptist, as fully alive in spite of having nothing, was the sign for Jesus' disciples. They saw him as fully alive even though he had nothing, and they desired the same. Prayer in the way of Jesus redirects the desires of the forgiven sinner to want the greatest gift. Martin Luther, in his large catechism, has this to say about forgiven sinners. He notes in the large catechism that forgiven sinners lay hold of God when your heart grasps him and clings to him. To cling to him with your heart is nothing else than to entrust yourself to him completely. He wishes to turn us away from everything else apart from him and to draw us to himself because he is the one eternal good. This happens in prayer. Prayer is the way that Jesus leads us away from everything else, leads us away from temptations, and then draws us to God, to himself. And in prayer, when we are drawn away from temptations and drawn to himself, our relationship is restored with God. Prayer in the way of Jesus brings us back to the relationship we had when we were first created. God and man freely communicating with one another. Prayer is the means, then, for a life fully alive, the way life is supposed to be. But, like the U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. There is a longing in this life that will not be ceased, even though we have the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit. The first reason is because of our need, whether it's the need of things that we need to live, health, food, shelter, or it's the need of the forgiveness of sins. There will never be a point where we will not pray. But the second reason, too, is related to the fact that God is the one eternal good. When we are with God, there's always more to know and experience of God. This is what Jesus means when we pray, Thy kingdom come. He shows us that there's always more to come. So in prayer, prayer, 
we're always receiving more and more. Hence, we need to pray unceasingly. In prayer, God shows his children who he is and then what is to come, his way of love. When we use prayer, sinfully use prayer, to manipulate God or try to, or we use prayer to treat God as like a cosmic vending machine, we miss out on who he is and then what is coming. We miss out on his ways. This doesn't mean that God will avoid you if you pray selfishly. The beauty of Jesus' parable today in the gospel shows us that even those self-centered prayers will bring Jesus. Jesus still will get out of bed to come to the door. Jesus says God will give you more than your self-centeredness. He'll give you what you really need. He'll give you himself and his love. Now, there might be a lot of questions about suffering related to what I'm preaching about. Questions about suffering, whether it's your suffering or your loved one's suffering. But life without cancer is only great if you have God. A life without cancer and without God is close to a living hell. This is why Jesus wants to give you his spirit. Jesus wants to give you his spirit because he will sustain you through any suffering in this life. And it's by the spirit that you will be able to rejoice in the joys of eternity. On the cross, Jesus commended his spirit to the Heavenly Father when he died. It was the Holy Spirit that helped Jesus to remain faithful. And it was by the Holy Spirit that brought the resurrection. By the Holy Spirit, in either case, whether it be death or the resurrection, Jesus was fully alive. And that is why he wants us to receive the Holy Spirit through prayer. Many people will ask, how can prayer help life? But in today's Gospel reading, we see that when we pray in the way Jesus teaches, we don't learn how to survive life, but we actually receive life itself. So please pray. Be open with God. Remember and return to that original relationship that we had in the Garden of Eden, where we could freely communicate whatever we wanted. Tell him everything. But wait. Listen. Listen whether in his word, whether it's in Holy Scripture, or in the divine service, or whether it's coming out of a, the mouth of a fellow Christian. But receive that word. And receive the Holy Spirit then. And live. Receiving the Holy Spirit through prayer, you will live the life of the Spirit and you will be fully alive, which means trusting God in all things, whether it's through suffering or whether it's rejoicing in the blessings of this life. But regardless, we can always rejoice in the fact that he will deliver himself to you and his love. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.